this evening's Dharma talk is something I've talked about quite a bit. I think we looked and tried to find if it was you'd already given this talk, and I guess I've given several talks, all with varying titles that are address the same situation. But I think this one we came up with a kind of an original one. Don't do anything unless you have to. Is that it? Don't do anything unless you have to. Sounds kind of silly or maybe simple, or of course, you're not going to do something that you don't have to do. But we constantly do things we have to do because of paranoia, because of, well, we should do that because if we don't, this will happen or that'll happen. All kinds of different uh, things show up in the mind stream to keep us from seeing what is right in front of us. So the idea there is just to put a little bit of tension on our, uh, what I would call our impulsiveness to act, to do something, do something. Uh, of course, there's some people that don't have that as any kind of a problem or issue at all. Those are what, lazy people? Just kidding, all you lazy people. Just kidding, just joking. Interesting that by doing that, then you see you're more, much more. There's much more clarity around that which you are doing. Then you're there's much more uh, understanding of, about what you actually really have to do. Life becomes quite a bit simpler, you could say. And uh, one of them I would include right up at the front is don't even meditate. Don't practice Buddhism. Don't do anything unless you have to, because if you do it kind of a, what do we, what is that, say, a half donkey? Yeah, half donkey. Uh, then uh, that's problematic. Some people are smiling and some people are not. I had to say that. That's why I said it. It was, a, it was not an impulse, so I don't have any impulses. I'm totally spontaneous all the time. Some people are grinning at that, too. <clears throat> so I'm serious about that. I mean that. Don't don't go in any direction unless there unless there's some kind of understanding about what you're about to engage in, what kind of activity that you're moving towards. It makes, as I said uh, a, a moment ago, it, it's much more clear what you actually are doing, and then you see much more clearly what you really do have to do. And uh, hopefully, uh, I don't use that word much, but hopefully it's train your mind. That's one area where I might even put a little pressure on you that if you continue to show up in front of me or listen to me, I might, might say that over and over again, and you might say, I don't really have to do that. Do I have to do that? I would say, no, you don't have to do that, but you might, might want to look at it really closely <clears throat> because if you don't train your mind to see clearly who you are and what this world is, what, what who you actually are, what this world actually is instead of our ideas our imagination our guesswork about who i am and what i can do and what i know and what i'm good at what i'm bad at what i'm mediocre at so on and so forth and what the world is and what people are that seem to show up with all the different uh, uh, variations all the uh, whole spectrum whole rainbow of human beings that's why it's so important to receive to receive what's happening. If you're 
you're doing something you don't have to do, then that whole area starts to get obstructed as far as the actual, actual even relative, not just ultimate insight, not just wisdom, but just a, a lower level of prajna that just sees what is appropriate and what isn't. If you're operating out of any kind of cover-up. Sometimes we do things just to cover up. I always use my my mother, uh, example of my mother as a, an example who of someone who anytime she was unhappy or had difficulty with anything, we just clean house even though it was spotless. That's, I guess that's probably why I'm kind of messy. So I lived in a totally spotless environment all the time. My mother, my mother was constantly putting things away, putting them back in the cupboard. But it was kind of a cover-up as I look back over it, uh, onto it. I, I don't recall that at the time. It just seemed kind of confusing. Why would somebody do things they don't really have to do? Well, apparently she had to do that she had to keep cleaning keep doing something so some people just uh, might have other some other kind of activity that is what i call a uh, cover-up like i talked about cover-ups a few weeks ago so it seems you probably noticed that if you listen to me very much i kind of am giving the same dharma talk over and over different words different angle on it it's but basically it's about Train your mind so you don't have to get your understanding from me or even from the Buddha. The Buddha was here to encourage us to see what is true. And he spelled out what it looked like to him. And uh, those who people who practice Buddhism have studied that. And if they continue to do that or teach it, they're, they're either teaching what he said, what he talked about, or their interpretation of it. That also shows up out there. The downside of it is it's not exactly what he was talking about. The upside of, of it, it keeps that the whole idea, the whole culture of Buddhism alive and moving. Might be some big gaps in it somewhere uh, due to some teacher's inability to see clearly what the Buddha was pointing at themselves. This leaves a lot of space, as I said, around what you are doing a lot of uh, area you can see the spaciousness because anything you're doing has a very direct and uh, a direct quality from, uh, in it and, and, and gives you immediate feedback to what you're doing that because you really need to do that. Like you need to eat, to put it simply. You need to move around. You get a, need to have some kind of activity going on. You may need to train your mind and not everybody is going to do this, uh, as I've said before, somewhat jokingly, but not all that jokingly. It would be nice if the whole world were a monastery and everybody were training their mind. So I'm not sure if there are questions uh, that arise in that area. It's a pretty simple statement. Um, I think that if we just say a little bit more before we go to questions, I, I really want to emphasize that the clarity about what is arising um, begins to show up if we're putting a little tension in that area rather than just leaping into this or leaping into that. If you're a strong meditator, it means that you're not just that you meditate for long hours, but if you if you have a strong practice where you return to the cushion, return to the, the three jewels, then probably that's this is a recommendation that's going to be already kind of obvious to you that less is better is a general statement, a general protocol for it.
Any questions at this point? Kelly Bowing. Yes, Kelly. I have a lot of energy. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> and I struggle with it, but. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let's go with the first part. You struggle with it. So when you say you're struggling with it, I, I want to answer your question, but let's let's go with your characterization of yourself, first of all. What, what do you mean by struggle with it? I have so much of it. Yes. Um, and I I worry that it gets in the way. Um, and my my question is, is that that amount of energy, is it just is it only confusion? Bowing. I wouldn't say that it's only confusion, but there could be a, a mixture of clarity around the confusion and uh, and the confusion itself. And uh, some get, kind of differentiation is going on in such a way that you probably can't get a good reference point on it. Uh, the reference That's why we create the reference point. We create uh, a reference point that you may not do naturally, although some people could. Let's sit down and watch the movement, watch watch the clarity or watch what seems like clarity and watch what is confusion or what seems like confusion and just watch the, what that does without doing anything with it. In other words, uh, that's why I brought up uh, or mentioned or uh, commented and asked you about struggle because the, the struggle gives the ego the illusion that at least I'm struggling. Well, you know, at least I'm working with this. At least, at least, at least. Whereas uh, the other way around is to less is better sit down and hold still and watch what in your mind stream in your life stream in your heart stream continues to ramp up and move and move and move and just observe that rather than doing it rather than struggling with it just receive it receive that that feeling of of too much energy or what do i do with this energy and just receive that as much as you can train the mind to see more clearly what it is. If you see what it is, if you really fundamentally see what it is, I sometimes use my hand as an example. If you if you get an idea of what it is and you think you know what it is, you've probably only seen about this much of it. The rest is still there. But in that and trying to fix it based on a preconception of what that is, that's when I say don't do anything unless you have to. That way the longer you look, the more you begin to see the uh, let's call it the bigger picture of and if you see the entirety of it, you will not get a credential. You will not have a thought necessarily like, I think I really know what is going on there. Because by the time you see the entire thing, the very nature of reality is not separate. So it, would just, it will collapse of its own. It's sometimes called grace. It just collapses. So you, you might not, even though you've meditated for 10 years, you might you might realize on some level that what you're seeing isn't really the result uh, as a as a cause and effect of meditation that meditate all you did with meditation is you're just returning to your true nature Dogen Zenji in the 13th century basically said that sit down this is Buddha this is Buddha in other words you're already the Buddha it's uh, it's already genuine it's already total it's already complete there's nothing to fix or correct you could actually enjoy your life uh, instead of struggling. 
you could actually begin to enjoy the struggle and, and have a little sense of humor about it because that's how it starts to come apart. You start to get a little, um, have a sense of humor about the degree of your intensity, the degree of your anger, the degree of your jealousy, the degree of your whatever it may be. You just realize this is curious that I'm having these intense feelings. And what happens is the feelings, if I may say it this way, the feelings don't really go away because they don't need to. Uh, you don't have to uh, do anything with that, like sh set it aside. It will set itself aside. And the interesting thing, if you see it in its totality, the whole the whole panorama, instead of just this much that you're trying to hammer down or this much, which you're trying to use concepts or a psychiatrist to help you unwind that, instead you see the entirety of the of the confusion which is all about paranoia of sorts about some kind of fear of otherness fear of the unknown you see that entirety uh it just comes apart and if it does not come apart what does come apart is the 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 um the illusion that there's someone who is totally put upon or upset by or hindered by this particular whatever it may be and when that happens, then that the, the chemistry that happens there uh, allows us to see this is an illusion. So it may still up, it may still show up, it may still come, come on stage with some kind of credential of being a, an absolutely important part of the cast. When you see, the, yeah, it can be an important part of a cast, but it's an actor because it is unreal. It is a pretense that is incredibly, what, distasteful, hot, freezing, Emotional, unreal. It's unreal. You can see this yourself. How do I know? I don't. I don't know how I know. But I know I'm completely certain about what I'm saying. And uh, if you pick up on that, maybe that will be enough to encourage you to train your mind. All I'm telling you to do is not <clears throat> join my following or not do what I say. I'm saying do what I say to some extent, train your mind. But once you turn away from this person, you just have your mind, just look at your mind. You won't need me. Or you may, you may need me for a uh, hundred years. You may need to listen to the words of the teacher once, twice, three times, four times, 1500 times. That's your karma. My karma or the karma of this person here is already uh, has already been exhausted. It's here. There's nothing else to do. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Everything all at once. Further questions? Kelly, any more? Dan, Dan laughed as soon as you said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I probably do have more questions about the energy, but not not right now. Thank you, bowing. Welcome. Thank you for the question. Good one. Very good. Cheers on bowing. Yes, go ahead. Cheers on. Does not doing anything unless you have to change at all when you've asked somebody to be your teacher, bowing. It depends on the level of <clears throat> the the connection of the teacher. Depends on something about the chemistry between the teacher and the student. It probably is going to change at, at some point one in my situation. And I'm not saying this is true with everybody or should be. But at some point, I, I basically just turned my life over to my teacher. I didn't tell him that I didn't say here, uh, fall at his feet. 
no one was falling at that guy's seat, but they were uh, um, students of his. So uh, I was I was too terrified of him. So I stayed away. I, and, and I could say that if I I had to go and have the interviews that I had with him, I had to do those, and I was afraid of those because I I didn't want him to see me. At the same, it was like a you know, trying to figure out, I don't want someone to see how insane I am, yet I, I don't have any choices either. I have to go do this or I'm probably not going to be able to live. So it was like a life or death thing for me. I'm not saying this is true for everyone. Of course not. But it was for me. And so I, uh, I, I did that. I had to do that. And then after that, what I had to do was what he said, which was what? train my mind to see uh, he's I, of all the times I talked to him, which is only four that I recall directly. Uh, what he what he said the most was keep sitting. <laughs> that's what he said the most he had a few other things, but that's that was the important part. You keep sitting and that and and I took that to heart, you could say, and, and I did uh, quite a bit of it in spite of being very lazy. Further question around that, uh, Chesa? Chesa, I'm bowing. The way in which the self-centeredness is ingrained, um, the opinions are so spontaneous, it may seem choiceless. So is there a way to begin to see through that self-centered form of impulsiveness that we call choicelessness, bowing? Well, yeah, good question. Well said. I, I think it's just uh, uh, insistence. Uh, if there's a if there's a little doubt there, you'll feel it. If it's guesswork, you'll you'll see that you're not really, it's not uh, uh, you're not certain about that. So I, I think it just takes there has to be some kind of awareness practice. When I say some kind, um, sitting even even sitting in uh, in different forms of meditation when you're holding very still, even if your eyes are closed, I don't recommend that, uh, of course. But even if they are. That would be better than no sitting at all. It's just that that tends to create an artificial state of uh, peacefulness. And uh, that doesn't help because you have to live. So, the, so that's why Shikantaza actually, even though it's not doing much, you haven't separated yourself from the world other than just, just enough to uh, hold still and observe the movement of the mind. So more of that. Further question, Jason? Jason Bowling, sometimes if I... I express my my doubts or confusions or insecurities. You say don't don't abandon that. Stay there, um, or that's it. And how can we learn to make our seat in that um, insecurity or that uncertainty, Bowie? Just watch how you avoid it. It's always it's never about looking for the success or looking for the goal, looking for that. It's about looking to the situation you're in, the, the resistance without any particular agenda to try to fix that or, fa or fasten it down or move it to the side or increase it, even though there are a lot of practices that that help us do that, but they're, they're somewhat indirect in that they, they, they might use a voice, or they might use mantra, might use visualization. So they go into a kind of an abstraction, like visualization is, is a way of accessing the mind through a, uh, envisioning something, uh, using the voice, using mantra, um, repetition over and over and over, coming to the wall over and over and over. It's a way of completely repeating everything so much that you 
the idea is that if you're observing and your intention is to understand, you'll begin to see some kind of understanding that actually uh, uh, goes beyond words. Uh, as I said, uh, I don't know when I said it, but just recently, I was saying um, that we, uh, we go into, um, we, if, you, if you see what this is, in order to talk about it, you'll have to back back out of it to some extent, back into the intellect, back into the thought process to be able to talk about it. And then you, you may be able to talk about it, you may not. But there, there's a kind of a, a, a I think I used a, a Vasubandhu as a good experience that Vasubandhu didn't drag all of his intellect into emptiness and uh, he, he stepped out of his, his intellect, his incredible brilliance as a, as a Buddhist monk and scholar and who wrote the 30 verses and uh, astonishing, but he, he would have to have gone into that to see it in order to be able to talk about it. So then he drew back, you could say, into concepts and intellect in order to be able to find concepts that would point to uh, what he understood, which was, um, uh, well, you should study them. Thank you. Certainly. Question? Question? Chuzan. Chuzan, Barry. If we think that we do or don't have to do something, is that a misunderstanding or extra? You're saying that at the same time? If we think we do and don't at the same time? Do or don't relative to the situation. Do or don't? Do or don't? Do, do or don't? What's your question? Choose unbowing. If if the thought arises that we do have to do something or that we don't have to do something, is that extra? It could be. You could you could uh, not uh, particularly use that thought pattern. Sometimes they don't believe your thoughts, but that doesn't mean it, ignore them. So if something arises, you could give it some time. It's like sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office. Give it some time rather than go up and complain immediately that you're not being seen. So allow a little bit of space. In some situations, allow a lot of space in there before you jump in with your response based on thought patterns or analysis or, or the tendency that the self-centered mind has to jump to a conclusion. It doesn't like open space. Open space is threatening to ego because it's always, uh, its head is always on a chopping block, so to speak, or it feels like it. it really isn't, head isn't on the chopping block at all because it's unreal. But it, it doesn't want to be discovered to be hiding out in that kind of unreality. So the either or situation you bring up uh, is the actual uh, something you have to do won't even go into either or. If it's going into either or, if you're thinking, should I start a, a factory to build uh, watch keys or not? I'm sure you've thought of that. I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about something, you can continue to think about it, but don't particularly move into any kind of action in order to stop that kind of chatter going on or to, to have to not be able to handle the, the the variation of either or, either or, either or. Either or is just part of the, the whole confusion. So don't do anything. Don't do this or that. More? There's more room for questions. Go ahead. Choose and buying. Can we keep ourselves from doing something that we have to do? Uh, 
Probably not. As, a, as uh, I think that could show up as someone who has no mind training and is doing, excuse me, it's working out of a, a extreme, the, the prison of the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance, and has maybe undergone a lot of uh, common word is trauma. Yeah, then that could happen. But as a meditator, someone, especially in your situation, you're a fully ordained monk and you've been practicing for years, uh, you're, you're unlikely to to run into that kind of, to something that is that uh, severe. But you can ask more if you have it. I lost him. What'd you lose? The question that I wanted to ask next. How do you know you lost it if you don't know what it was? I found it. Huh? I found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's mind blowing. I wish I could do that. You found it without even asking your wife. That's right, you don't have a wife. Go ahead. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is if this is fundamentally unreal, is what arises in the body situation more valid or more real than what arises in the mind? I think it's relatively real. Just like uh, if I um, had a heart cath and, what, and those doctors and I talked to them to find out what was going on, and they told me I, those are relatively real relative situation, the, uh, incarnation into a body form. But the identity is what is unreal. Actually, this is, body's just dependently risen. We just happen to show up as as uh, this person or that person with this sexual orientation, this level of intelligence, the skin color, and you know, I could go on and on, but all the differentiation and desire that shows up in so many different, it's just countless. It's an understatement to say it's countless. Am I getting any closer to what you want to know? Jeez, I'm buying. If the either or is showing up, does that mean that we shouldn't do anything? Yes. If you're going back and forth at all, unless you really understand the quality of that, and, you, and you, you're no longer perplexed by that either or, then then you then you might see in the midst of the either or, you might see the actual path, and it might not be either. It may not be either. It might not be either one of the. Did I say it wrong? Maybe something totally different than the two that you were bouncing around with. Might be something, might be the middle way. You get uh, fancy about it as an image. More? Jeez, I'm buying. Are concepts always getting in the way of what's actually showing up? <clears throat> Usually, it can be. <clears throat> we tend to, we don't like not knowing things. So we want to know this or know that. So when things arise, whatever it may be, we tend to rather than just feel the texture, the quality of that unknown, we, we want to label it or point it out or say what it is. We even train our children to do that. <clears throat> Instead of letting them experience their life, we immediately start naming things. So they have a reference point for everything. We do it all the time. Is that wrong? No, that's not wrong. That's what our society does. And we don't need to separate ourselves from our society being some uh, other kind of do something a uh, totally different way. More? Yes. Trevor Bowing, can, can, uh, don't do anything unless you have to undermine the three C's. So the three C's being communication, cooperation, collaboration. Uh, probably not. I just kind of see where you're going, but it's, you, it, 
if you get wound up in concepts about things, concepts about something, then that probably could happen. But it just the the mind is like a big knot as far as a, a confusion, as far as the ego, as far as hope and fear, as far as getting somewhere and fearing we're not going to get somewhere, as far as uh, um, any kind of otherness that's about to happen, paranoia about the future, and so on. So it can be it can be it can be in some kind of knots that uh, aren't uh, we can't take them apart. We can't dissemble that. We can't really figure out what it is that we need to know relative to the question that you're asking. So it could, it could. But I have a feeling of something else that you want to know, but it's not showing up in that question. Because if it was, I just answered. Sure, Bowling. Um, sometimes when you when you bring up why we might not do functional speech here, yes. is that the introverts love that and the ext extroverts really get no. upset. I'm wondering in the same way, like Kelly's talking about having a lot of energy yes. can can don't do anything unless you have to reinforce a lazy person's self-centeredness. I don't think so. Not no, not in the way that I'm talking about it, because um, if you're, this is not going to work unless someone is practicing mind training, unless they're training their mind to see clearly and they're a little bit fed up with the, the, the shenanigans that go on in the mind about giving us a hard time about things and we can see intellectually. We, say, this is, we even say to ourselves, this is crazy. I, I, why am I perplexed by this? I can see that this makes this is a makes sense in a relative way and yet I'm really upset about something. So it can the whole anything can happen in that area of the confusion. But if you're training your mind, then it's a lot less likely. And then, of course, that that again is also situational. It depends on how long you've been doing this, to some extent. Not that you can get a graduate degree or something after ten years, but but some relative situation that might be untraceable, probably is untraceable to actually find some kind of cause. The most important thing is to watch what moves, rather than try to find its source. More. Thank you. Thank you. Question from School String. Go ahead. Can you remind me what is happening when I feel pushed into anxiety, paranoia, hatred, etc.? I struggle with uncomfortable times. Un uncomfortable times. Oh. So causes and conditions, dependent origination, things coming from an apparent past showing up in an apparent future uh, are untraceable. And so when the, the very edge of that, or the, the, the first showing of any of that comes up, we begin to react, to push it down. We begin to react, to abandon what's happening for the justification, like which could be um, what you're saying. What were the last few words you used there? Anxiety, paranoia, hatred, etc. Yeah, those, those are, are reactions to something. But you don't need to necessarily find out what they are reactions to. You need to look at as far as I see, and you're asking me, so you're giving me permission to tell you. Just chew on the paranoia. Just taste the paranoia. Listen to the paranoia. Smell the paranoia. Be the paranoia. Because the only way the paranoia is going to get a handle on you as an individual to cause you to go into some kind of a tailspin uh, is to try to stop the paranoia. 
or try to meditate yourself away from the paranoia. Some kind of avoidance, some kind of whatever stylized uh, uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance that so you don't have to deal with that. What, what am I saying? Uh, I'm saying just receive. If, if, it, if it's coming your way, uh, it's supposed to happen. It needs to happen. What arises in the mind stream needs to occur. This doesn't mean that if you feel like murdering somebody or have hatred that you get to yell at them or actually express that. We're not talking about the expression of it. We're talking about receiving it. And so how do we do that? You might not be able to do it for quite a while until you practice on a little bit lower, less intense level of just receiving everyday thoughts that are not particularly full of paranoia. So you sit, you use your body as a, as a, a reference to what you're about to do and you, you hold still, you train the mind by holding still and you look at the contrast between, between the stillness of the body, awareness of the body, mindfulness of body, mindfulness of mind or watching what happens in the mind. Be, just be aware of it. Just be aware. And if that comes up as a paranoia, it's unlikely to do that so much in sitting meditation. It's more likely to do that in the interactions with the world, with the environment, with our family, with our, with our co-workers or, or the uh, uh, cable news network, whatever it may be out there that causes us to react. So training the mind, see what that is rather than try to, to deal with it in a way to treat it like something that shouldn't be there. Uh, it should be there. And the way you know is it's there. So it, it got there, not because you did something wrong or did something good or did something anything it just the causes and conditions are untraceable that's why it's called dependent origination and that's why it's sometimes we're uh, referred to as the ten thousand things quite a bit more than just ten thousand but just receive just receive yes from amara in connecticut first of all finding you has made a beautiful impact in my life much gratitude for your devotion to the path and helping others to see what they are struggling to see. My question for you is that I ghosted my biological mother a couple months ago. She is more like a surrogate mother than a mother. Now feelings are arising of more feeling bad for her because she feels hurt. I feel better without her in my life, but feel confusion as I know it's creating a ripple effect for her. I just don't want to live in playing a part that's not real as some children feel they have to. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much for the connection. Yeah, powerful. And that's a, the, the response to that is again, don't do anything unless you have to. And uh, be concerned about, I mean, she is your biological mother. So, and I'm not validating any kind of action. That's that's up to you. Uh, that might that's those are areas that I can't see into, but you can. But I emphasize this: don't do anything unless you have to. You don't owe anybody anything just because they gave birth to you. You don't owe them anything. You might be able to help them in some way, and and sometimes the very best thing you can do for someone, especially if they're all about controlling your life in some way. I'm not saying that. Your mother was doing that, but some kind of action where you just can't get free of their projections and their confusion because they they're living your life their life vicariously through you, 
And then if things don't go just right in the way you're living, you're living your life, then they blame you for how they feel. It's very complicated. But what I would emphasize is train your mind. Train your mind to see clearly rather than try to live up to some kind of cultural ideal of a good daughter or a good son or, or a good mother for that matter. Don't owe anybody anything. I mean, it just would that I could say that more clearly uh, in, a, in a way that would be more fundamentally helpful. And I don't, I'm not telling you not to do anything. You could even find a way of making a connection with her that doesn't put you in your her immediate environment. You could stay in touch through writing or something like that. It's a, a softer kind of connection and more cerebral. Uh, that may work. Uh, and also, when I say work, it may give you a chance to live your life uh, in the way that you, you need to do. And I, I don't know enough about you to know what else is happening, but that, that shows up in a lot of people. And uh, don't, owe any, don't owe anybody anything. You don't have to be a somebody's son or somebody's daughter for the rest of your life and make sure they're delighted with you. Quite often, there's a lot of confusion there that gets dumped on others. We tend to blame others and it, and it works. Guilt is, a, is an incredible uh, emotion uh, uh, that is very difficult to understand. And part of the reason it's understand, uh, difficult to understand is it is fuel, fuel for ego, for narcissism. That, that feeling that you've somehow done something wrong. Me, 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 and what a terrible person I've been. I feel so guilty. That's why I say don't apologize to anybody. If you do, do it once. I'm sorry I stepped on your foot. But to go on and on and try to get some kind of forgiveness for them, it's insane to do that. It's insane. Other than just say, whoops, sorry, didn't mean to step on your foot. But to go on and get some kind of a forgiveness, this is just a, it's a cultural situation that is, it's just big misunderstanding. Nobody told me this. I had to see this myself. You could see it yourself. Don't believe anything I say. But look at it. Look at the structure there. Look at the structure of, of uh, for, uh, people make a fortune selling seminars on forgiveness. This is just baloney. Don't believe me. But consider it. It's extra. And it, it's, it's a kind of filler that comes in and supports the, the unreal uh, identity. You're not, you're not a solid, separate individual. This doesn't mean you're not intelligent and talented and do great things in the world, but there's nobody doing it. You can't take credit for this. You can take credit for that. You, how are you going to take credit for this? Well, look in the mirror. Who did this? Even your mother and father, somebody did that with them. It goes on back. Dependent origination. So anyway, good luck to you and uh, stay in touch if it makes sense to you. Further questions? Sure, uh, similar to the, the last one, um, family. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like going home for the holidays and visiting. Yeah. Even if I'm not really being asked to do something, my family seems to appreciate just having me show up to be around them. Yeah. Um, is it unkind to keep that from them? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's so situational with your, uh, I've talked to you a little bit about that. I don't think there's any problem going to your visit your folks for holidays. And you know, I don't think there's any problem with that. 
<clears throat> at cinnamon there's some kind of you know grappling hooks going to you so you you have to stay there and, and people will use guilt uh, not maybe not directly but they know that you're sensitive to that and they will use that to control you people waste their whole lives trying to control other people and then when they pass on and their body mind complex goes back into the elements uh, they're all alone because they were alone in the first place they're totally alone they just don't know it yeah sure well, um i think ginger is asking me and like when i sit and look at it i don't really want to go home but i feel like i have to is is that something I have to do? Well, the way you're describing it, no. But, but you have to work with that feeling of whatever guilt or yourself. I'm not going to tell you. I might tell you some things to do because you're a monk and you're a student of mine. So I'm, but I'm very careful what I tell anyone to do. I watch what people do, and I don't particularly, if they're close students, they don't particularly agree with it. But, I, but uh, they have to see that. I'm not going to step into somebody's life stream and interrupt it based on something else I think should be happening. Because I, I might not be as clear about what that person's karma is. You need to live your life. You may need to be a monk. If you need to be a monk, I can help you. But you better convince me that you need you want that. You can't just come and join a club. There's no clubs here at all. More? Sort of bowing. It, it just seems easier to keep doing it the way I've been doing it. Um, even if I don't want to. So go you down. are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Um, if I see that I'm doing it, even though I don't want to, is there still some awareness in that? Well, certainly there is. Look, you're even you're you already are aware of what's happening there, and you may continue to do that for a while, and you may you may find a maybe to use a. Um, <clears throat> Buddhist word opaya or skillful means or it might be a way of doing that that wouldn't create too much chaos for them or difficulty for them where you might they might even begin to understand of what it is that you're doing it's possible to, to do that but it, it, you can't do it with a thought process it has to be done by not producing thoughts about it it needs to be done by receiving and sometimes that's extremely painful to receive because when you start receiving as a Bodhisattva, which is a vow that you receive, uh, it's it's uncomfortable to receive other people's suffering, especially when they're accusing when they're suffering is is they get rid of their suffering by blaming you. That's how if you blame anybody for anything, even if they actually did it, they actually did what you're blaming blaming them for. Uh, if you blame them, you're getting rid of your own discomfort by shoveling it off on somebody else or uploading it to someone else's. Mind stream. More? Thank you. Well, it's got to be more there. No? No? Come on. No? Okay. You can make something happen. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make it up. Juju. A question from Karen Camilla. Karen. While sitting, I attempt to hold in my awareness some of your slogans. Specifically, don't add. How do we meet the intersection of just observe, not adding, while being genuine? Sometimes I feel I am not even genuine with myself. Well, the last statement, that's awareness. You, you, you see that there's on some level we're just not being 
genuine, be honest with us, some kind of self-deception going on. And that's uh, that is a nutrition. The self-deception is nutrition for the self-centeredness, but the awareness that's there can be can be taken up by the ego mind and and made uh, well. At least I'm aware. At least uh, at least I'm I know that I'm I'm fooling myself or something. This is why it's so necessary to, to sit in front of the wall a lot, because if if you sit down and hold still with the attitude, the intention, I'm just going to receive. You don't have to say that. Just just receive. Whatever shows up, and eventually the very uh, structure or matrix, if you could say it, if you use a fancy word, of of the confusion will start to show up, and it might be very uncomfortable to look at, but you can do it. And using slogans like uh, uh, "Don't add" or "Don't do anything unless you have to," and so on, those those can be helpful. Wando. Wanda Bowing, um, what determines what we bring to the teacher versus what we um, just sit with Bowing? I think it varies with each person. And it, it just varies. Uh, right or wrong or should or shouldn't is, is just, it's in your, it's about you. It's not about the teacher. It's about you bring whatever you need to bring. So can you be more specific? So if um, I feel like I've handed my life over to the teacher, do I bring everything to the teacher? What are you holding back? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how to respond to that in a way that would be, it's up to you. So. All I have uh, as an example is my own situation, as I did, but I'm not requiring anyone to uh, worship me or fall at my feet. I don't, I don't have a requirement. If I have any requirement at all, if you live in this monastery, you have to observe these forms. <clears throat> if you're a student of mine and you live in Vermont, or if you live in next door, um, then that, that's up to you how you do that. Well, I'm thinking specifically of last night with the um, where I was supposed to facilitate a book study. I forgot yes. till the yes. twenty or half an hour before it started, and I immediately, probably impulsively, said, "I've got to leave no. and go facilitate this book study." Yes, but it became to me apparent that that was, that I hadn't asked you, I had told you. Yeah. So. That's an example of where then I corrected that or tried to correct that and asked for your. I told you to stay. Yeah. So what's the question? Question is. Um, you could have left. Why didn't you? Because I, I wanted to do what the teacher to support the teacher. So what did I say? Stay. What did you do? Stay. What's your question? I basically want to know, should I have gone to the teacher first? No shouldas. They don't, this don't work. They might, they satisfy the ego mind. Well, I should have, uh, well, he should have. I mean, I do this myself. I look at somebody doing this and, and I might think, well, they shouldn't be, but they should, but they should. But I'm just as full of the confusion as anyone else. 
What's different? What, what, why would, what puts me on this platform here to even talk to anybody about anything? I don't make any claims. That's a, that's a rhetorical question, which of course you have to answer. What is it? What is it? Well, how does it look to you? Well, why is it you, when I say why, I'm just saying the whole why or what is it when you say, I, oh, I got I got have to go to uh, facilitate a book study. I'm caught between, between following a form yes. and serving the teacher. Is, the, the form is the teacher, but only with your permission. Nobody is being being drawn into some kind of a activity of being a slave or a follower or a devotee who always obeys that's the i'm not saying that that didn't happen in the tibetan tradition possibly in the chan and zen tradition and i don't know about ancient india but not anymore at least not in this uh, teacher-student relationship no, no further question about on buying I, I guess i'm um trying to understand what understanding looks like so uh, understanding looks like you don't have any questions about anything and so because i have questions about this is this your student is it understanding it's understanding that you have questions that's why I say probably more than, more than you want to hear about is ask me questions. What do you? What is it you want to know? I, have, I get lots of questions that that come at, uh, come up as a combination of statements with little question marks after the comma or something. But there's something like that. But it's, what do you want to know? Because that's that's the way that I can teach or respond directly about what it, what this looks like to me. Because I've not gotten rid of it. I'm not, not any less confused than I ever was. I ever was a, there's still, still a confusion, but there's no solid self here anymore. It's quite humorous to see that emotions can come looking for a, an emotionator. Who's, hello, anybody here want this emotion? I'm feeling this. And it's looking for someone to object to that emotion or agree with that emotion. This is what I'm endeavoring to point out to you. You who you actually are, if you if you see what this is, you're not even in this world anymore. Even though there's a body here that is highly active, you've already transcended this world. Should you believe that? No, believe anything. Believing things makes them relatively true. Disbelieving things makes them relatively untrue. And ignoring them makes them even more cloudy. Don't do anything with it. Further question? Right now. Dun Shibali, if you ask us to observe forms, why did you ask Ondo to stay? I didn't want her to leave. I really like her. It's very simple. I'm not saying it's simple for her. It's very simple for me. Perhaps if she had said, uh, an hour or two before, and uh, I'm going to be leaving at this time because I have a, uh, a book study to facilitate. It might have been different, but she was saying that as she was going out the door. 
And I said, oh, go ahead and go. So why didn't you go? Want a why question? Because I caught myself. I could see that I had not asked um, you. Do you feel I like you have to ask me permission to do everything? Do you feel like that's something I require? No. Okay. Why did you do it? Because I want to. Okay. This is where, this is the title of this talk that we're talking about devotion. And everyone has sees this and understands this in a different way. And you should. There's no propaganda. I'm not promising you a damn thing. I want you to see what this is. I want you to see. I don't think it's your version. I want you to see what I'm looking at. And I think you can. So you may need to have this kind of devotion that shows up with this woman. Some people look at this situation and uh, and are concerned about uh, Ondo's devotion to this old man. And other people are not. And it, but it has to come from you. If uh, you just pick something, I'll pick on somebody here, like uh, Terry Terry DePerrin, who is on the, and I don't think you'll mind me using uh, his name or referring to him. Terry's very devoted to me. It is Terry's form of that, not anyone else's. It's his way. He, he, uh, no, I don't require anything of Terry. And Terry really doesn't require anything of me. And he stayed in touch with me for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, way before there was Zoom, way before there was COVID, uh, way before there was, way before Terry became an old man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very simple. And everyone, anyone I look in here or anyone I look at here, uh, I know what your what your level of commitment or devotion or what is to uh, whatever that is to this teaching that shows up uh, in this teacher or not. Make no promises. You might just see just an old man sitting here uh, saying a bunch of stuff, or you might see some aspect of your own mind showing up to you as a mirror. And any true teacher functions as a mirror because he or she or they are not separate beings anymore. They have a separate body. The body still may get sick and die, it may live, it may get overweight, it may uh, get underweight, it may have eye problems. Further questions? Sent you. Sent you bowing. Yes. I have an image in my mind of not doing anything unless I have to. Yes. Um, so the actions that do come out of that, I have an image of that being very smooth, but I'm wondering if the action that comes out of waiting, can it, can it be very clunky? You can, yeah. It may not to understand that it may be clunky or maybe just feel out of balance or um, uncomfortable or off balance, it can have all kind, any kind of feelings can be attendant to, or can follow upon just putting a little tension on that. And even though you, there's this or this, this, and your style is to go back and forth quite a bit, but you do it with 
you do it with uh, your, I don't know if you'd call it graceful. Uh, it's like that. It's not a compliment, but it's like you have a very interesting way of, of going around. It's like a conductor with a wand. That's how you do it. Have you noticed? Now, you wouldn't call it that. You might call it clunky. Other people don't. That's why you're a, uh, why you function as a therapist for people because you meet people where they're at because you don't really have a strong position on things. You have some, but it's not very strong. Have you noticed? And are you thinking that you should be more, have a stronger position on things? It feels that way. Yeah. yeah. Not necessary. You don't have to change anything. You can be genuine. You can absolutely be who you are. Every one of you can be. Be who you are. Other question? Uh, you hung? Who's it? You hung? I saw hands in the air. Yes, you hung. Go ahead. You hung bowing. So don't do anything until you have to. It's the idea of free oneself without the grasping of three poisons. Um, did, you say, did you say freeing? Yeah, it's a free oneself without the grasping of three poisons. Yeah, there's, there, there's uh, yes, you have some insight. By saying, asking that question, uh, you, I would acknowledge you have some insight in it. That's not the whole picture of the situation, but yes, it's about not being not being seduced into this or being uh, uh, um, scared or terrified into this or or being uh, so put upon the only thing you can think of to do because passion doesn't work aggression doesn't work so you just close down and just don't think about it. just won't, i'll just look at something else i'll watch television i'll do the dishes or uh as my mother would do clean house we just avoid it some kind of stylized avoidance but what we do as meditators, not necessarily right in the middle of that kind of a difficulty, but we do day after day, we come and return to the cushion, return to the wall, turn, see, see what this is for yourself. Liberate yourself by looking at the prison. Liberate yourself, not by imagining some kind of a mind that feels free and is uh, at peace with the world and all bluebirds blue and blue skies and, and uh, black and blue spots all over your body that you don't care about anymore. Want me to keep going? <laughs> look at the bars. Look at the walls. L look at the containment of our fear that holds us in place. Just look at that. It's unreal. There's no one who's in prison. Jessica. Jessica Bowing, early, at the very beginning of the talk, you were, you mentioned sort of a, a caution against half donking, training your mind. If we feel if we feel like we have to train our minds, can we tell if we're half-assing it or if we're doing the best we can, Bowing? I think it's possible. It shows up with so much variation there, but it's important to have the work with the, this is how the three jewels can help you. 
the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, not the historical Buddha, obviously, but it's someone who, who has enough uh, understanding that there are people who are studying in this situation, uh, we're studying uh, the Buddha Dharma through the way that it's being expressed. And then we study classical texts of Buddhism going back 2,500 years with the community, not separately in our rooms, just re reading our own um, liner notes or whatever. We actually study this with others. And, and then the teaching person is also comes in. So you have the three jewels there in our situation every day in some form, sometimes more than that. And so doing the best we can, I think that's, uh, if there's, if that is happening and that's what we're saying, then we may have to say that we have to encourage ourselves to keep going in that way. If that's what you're asking me, if you're saying that, then there's probably a, a pretty strong understanding of the self of the, of the self-deception or the confusion that you're already uh, creating yourself. More. Jessica Bowing, I, in the confusion of a, internal wars, I'm having trouble telling I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm not sure how to ask this question. I guess, how, how would we know if we were half-assing it and what would we do if, about it if we were bowing? You, you may or may not know. There's something going on which might bring up that kind of a, of a nomenclature, but uh, don't, it doesn't have to need anything extra. It can just be that. It's almost like everything just falls flat. It's just like you don't, you know, if it's a half-assed situation, then uh, you don't have to repair that or fix it. Just be aware of it. It's the awareness is like I was using the example. The first aware, part of the awareness may be just this much, but in order to see it, you can't you can't be pushing it away. You can't be fooling with it too much because it's not all the whole thing isn't showing up. It's just the edge of it is showing up, and eventually we begin to see the entire thing, and that's that's embarrassing, or or uncomfortable or distressing to the ego that wants to do something right about it right away. Let's, let's catch this before it gets any worse. Well, it's already worse. It's just been covered up by the cloud of ignorance, by the cloud of paranoia, by the cloud, by the cloud, by the cloud. So just continue, continue to keep looking at it, return to the teacher, the teaching and the community over and over again. Any further questions here on Zoom while I'm looking at all of you? We have uh, 34 people, so some people I can't see. That doesn't mean that you're not there. I'm not hearing anything, so I'm gonna go hear anyone here. Yes. Uh, another question from School Strength. Yes. The more I sit, the more unhappy I feel in day-to-day -day life, but the more awareness I seem to have to be able to move through duress quicker. Does that sound like I'm in the right direction? Sounds good. Pretty good description. You don't have to get rid of anything, but it's going to, if you don't do anything with it, then it takes, because things are dependently risen. So you're, if you're interfering with it by pushing on it, then you're adding you're working in the very principle that is confusing you in the first place, which is dependent origination. So you're, because you do have some say-so, the issue is that you, we tend to use our say-so out of our fear, use our say-so, in other words, to move or push or stop this or start that, 
out of a confusion instead of just just relax, hold still. I mean, it's painful, it's difficult, it's threatening, but if you don't do much with it, then you notice that everything begins to change and has different shapes. And you'll notice that over time that eventually you begin to see the walls of your mind. You begin to see that which contains you as a person, as, a, as an individual, as personhood, as a svabhava, unreal. There, shows up, has a resonance, has a frequency, has a color, has a depth, has a texture, but it's unreal. It's, it's not substantial. Your actual identity is not limited to, uh, to some kind of a person or to a body or to anything or to this world, not limited to it, not separate. You're not separate from anything anywhere. As I said, don't believe it, consider it, reflect on it, see how it shows up in your mind stream and see how it shows up on your wall. Look at the wall, wall gaze. A question from Udi in Connecticut. Yes. I sometimes have the experience of knowing the correct course of action for benefit of self and others, and then choosing to ignore it or do the self-destructive action. After repeatedly observing this as an awareness practice, is there anything else that I have to do? If I have the desire to stop hurting myself or others, should I not try to stop my destructive cycles or just keep watching myself make foolish choices that hurt and cover them and cover them up again? That's quite elaborate uh, for a question, but I'll say yes. But train your mind. You're, you're describing, you're describing, and the, 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 the upside of describing is quite often it's relatively accurate. But the downside of it is it, it usually ends with some kind of a conclusion, even though it's a, a low level one. And it's the conclusion that's, uh, that uh, keeps the ego in its, uh, that the ego uses to keep its credential up. But I'm somebody and I'm the one who's confused and I'm the one who's suffering and I'm the one who's creating problems and me, 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 me. It's looking for some kind of credential and ego will accept a positive credential. You're the most wonderful, kind, loving person in the world. Some people live out of that daily. They pre present themselves and the only thing that will shake them at all is the, the, the uh, uh, fear of death, which usually is covered up. So in your situation, uh, I wouldn't do too much with what you just said to respond to directly. I would say, do a lot of sitting meditation. If this particular format helps you, then return, return to the, the teacher, the teaching uh, and the community in this form or some form somewhere. Maybe in your in your town, maybe there's a group there that will support you in that way. But if you don't do anything else, sit down, hold still, watch the movement of the mind. Do an hour or two a day. Take one more. If there's another question out there in TV land. Oh, here's one right here. Go ahead. Sure, bowing. Um, if you you really emphasize the sitting practice, I do. And sometimes living here, uh, a functional thing might show up, or the teacher might ask us to do something else. Um, like I just told you to go work on somebody's car all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of practice. Mm -hmm. uh, what about it? Are we, is that still mind training? Of course. Of course it is. Go ahead. Sure, bowing. Um, 
if we look back and it's been like four weeks and we've been having stuff like that show up a lot, should we um, ask to to be able to sit more? Of course, or just sit more. Excuse me. Just just begin to sitting more. If you had said, when I ask you to do something, you, you, you would have said, I really need to practice more. I would have considered that. We would have talked about it. I'd say, okay, um, I really want you to help this person who is a, I'm not going to go into detail about that, but this person needs us to help them. And I can't work on a car, um, not modern cars, but you can. And so I thought, how can we help him? And I thought, I thought of you. So you help somebody in a, a very pragmatic, practical situation who, whose wife has to get to work or, or they can't keep going in a, any kind of way called uh, that is um, not fraught with all kinds of problems. So but you, we, if you said something about that at the time, I'd say, well, why don't you work then? And then uh, as soon as you get that job done, come back uh, to the monastery and and do a block set or our block set or come out to the the retreat hut, which you built. Why is that so funny? <laughs> you can probably construct a funny story with all the things you asked me to do. Is that it? Yeah. Well, maybe I think you're already enlightened. You don't need to sit. That's what I thought when COVID kept refusing to talk to me. I thought that's one of the things that went through my mind. Maybe he thinks I'm already enlightened. Maybe I don't really need any more teachers. This is in 1990 or 91. So, but I'm serious about it. You could, if, if, if that is showing up for you, then uh, let's talk about it. That So far, that's not really come up in an interview that we've had that I recall, not with, not the way it's showing up here. Go ahead. Sure, Mommy. It, it's not showing up lately, but it's just kind of between Ondo's and Junshu's questions. Um, I know when I was Eno, um, I did have an interview and I asked if I could um, pull back from the Shisui function a little bit so I could focus on the Eno. Um, what did I say? You, you let me do that. And then, so I, for the rest of the, that form, I was like in the Zendo all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering about, um, how, how is the student involved and how the student's being taught? Somewhat, but not not from the point of view of making decisions necessarily. But considerations about what's happening need to be, we do it together. So you tell me what's happening and then you see if there's a way that you can get, uh, get what looks like the appropriate thing to happen next to you. Like if you said, uh, I don't wanna function the way I'm functioning now, I need to go get a job somewhere, or, then we would talk about that. There are people who are, Live here who are monks who work at other jobs in other places. So we would it'd just be situational. We'd look at it together. Communicate, cooperate, collaborate. More? Sure, it's not coming up in a clear. I'm curious about what that communication is with the teacher when. Um, what is communication with the teacher? Receive. We produce 
you know, produce, but it might look like a produce, uh, a production, produce uh, um, uh, devotion for the teacher, but it's not a requirement. It doesn't, it isn't some kind of thing that you have to figure out what devotion is and do that. Uh, like I was saying, uh, uh, Terry Duparin has been, I've been talking to him for years. His devotion is his particular style, his way. He's never asked me for precepts. He's never even mentioned being a monk that I know of, that I can remember, because I don't have a great memory. He doesn't need to, but he stayed in touch. So his, his way of working with his mind as a meditator is, I'm just using uh, Terry because uh, it's just a particular way of working with this. And you're here, you're fully ordained as a monk. So it's going to be a little bit stronger. I'm not going to tell Terry, Terry, you better go over here and meditate in the monastery. <clears throat> no, Terry meditates at home. Probably a lot easier than having a, uh, an old man breathing down your neck. <laughs> Thank you. Nothing to correct. There's nothing wrong with anybody anywhere at any time. That's a big misunderstanding, and that's why the world is full of War and peace, war and peace, war and peace. I think that was the final question, wasn't it? Very good. So we're going to go into the hinterland. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Parita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.